Hey, everybody. Super interesting and practical conversation today around AI's impact in the enterprise. Um, so much change ahead, so much change happening now. And we have a true expert here with us from NICE. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm doing great. Really excited to have this conversation. Well, excited to have you here. And, you know, with all the hype around AI, it's great to talk practical use cases. And, of course, as the AI and CX powerhouse that NICE is, you have a lot of insights to share. Before that, maybe introduce yourself, your role, and uh, for those maybe outside the core industry, you know, who is NICE? Yeah, um, I'm the head of marketing for our digital and AI lines of business. Um, been at the company about two years now, so it has been a wild ride with everything new that has been coming um, in 2022 and 2023. Um, and NICE is a, a customer experience uh, platform and software company. Um, we do everything for consumers, employees, agents, supervisors, leaders, uh, really trying to cover all of the customer journey in and out and around it. Um, and I think there are enormous benefits that AI is bringing to the table. Um, I, I think that I'm not the first person to say that I think that CX is the best use case right now for this new technology. Um, and just seeing what we've been putting out there, even in the last few months, uh, is thrilling to me. Yeah, that's a great word to describe it. And, you know, AI is reshaping uh, the approach businesses take in so many industries, you know, there's so many obvious efficiency and revenue opportunities, customer engagement opportunities. But what's your perspective? Where is AI making the most impact today with your customers and beyond, uh, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that we started off by talking about how we can make chatbots better. And I do believe that is true, but I think that is a reductive way to look at it. Um, I think that what we're really going to see folks leaning into in 2024 is how AI can help in a real way at all levels across the business, um, from you know executives on down, as a collaborative tool to help unlock insights and information that you can actually take action on in ways that we haven't been able to before because it's been locked in a data lake or a data silo that needs a engineer or a data analyst, which we know never has enough time to do all of the projects that we need and never can complete them fast enough. And I think that's really going to help us serve customers and employees better and be able to do that magical thing that we all want of increasing revenue and decreasing costs in a way that is also very, very positive for the employees out there that are always being told to do more with less. And so the cognitive load they're grappling with is extreme. And I think that that collaborative point of view and that real unlocking of data and the action you can take on it is going to be where we see the most value. And as these use cases come out and are really tangible to folks, I think it's going to be a huge aha moment. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to watch. And you talk about uh, uh, customer experience, of course, that's risen to the forefront during the pandemic and has kind of stayed there. Um, but also employee experiences uh, need radical uh, uplift and change as well. So how do you look at those two sides? Is it one coin? And, and, and what impact can we make on employees and their work experience as well? Yeah, we know the term co-pilot, I think, for a long time now. Whether we are talking in a professional or a personal setting, uh, many technology companies are putting out co-pilots to help us. And I think we should really embrace that term 
And I do think it will become, um, you know, the, the Kleenex of this year uh, in terms of a lauded and very useful tool that is ubiquitous in our lives. Um, I think that the ability to improve employee experience with having something by their side, giving them guidance, whether it is information, an automated path to help serve the needs of their job, a streamlining of things that right now have become a rather fractured system of workflows and different tools and technologies that often slow them down day to day as it's trying to help uplift them and give them more tools to make their lives easier. I think these co-pilots are going to be able to cut through all that noise and be able to be that right-hand pain, that by-your-side assistant that's going to help with retention, help with efficiency, help with loyalty, help both the consumers and the employees. Because we know that an agent's job is very, very hard and no one wants to be put on hold or have silence while they're trying to find information, neither the employee nor the consumer. And so that's just one simple use case that we can pretty much eliminate with the effective deployment of these kinds of co-pilots. And the benefits of that, as I said, for cost, for cognition, for burnout is huge. And we know that when we're talking about the industry today and workplace, all of those things need to be taken into account when you're thinking about the success of a business. Fantastic. Well, I actually use a number of different co-pilots. I won't plug them now for social media and content creation. It's really transformed the way I work. And speaking of that, speaking of coaching and, you know, the bread and butter of your customers, the agents in the contact centers, um, how are they doing? What what can we do to empower, equip, train them better, coach them in, in new and different ways with AI? Yeah. You know, I think it goes beyond just the tools that we can give to the individual contributor to help make mm. their jobs better. Um, even simple things that we've been talking about, like auto summarization, has an impact beyond just that agent and that individual interaction experience. If we think about having a great auto summarization that understands the context and the nuance of everything that's happened in the interaction and can normalize that interaction so the agent can move on. And that also across the board, all of these summaries of calls are complete and normalized and the same. That information can be then used and passed to folks like supervisors who can then start to figure out in a more strategic, uplifting point of view, how to coach, how to align their team, how to improve performance, and that data and insights can even flow up to leaders and they can start to, as I said, with the ability of this more conversational interface that AI is giving us, slice and dice that data to understand what they need to do to take action, to evolve faster, to make changes. And this is changing the paradigm of folks feeling like they're in crisis management or supervisors are just taskmasters right now and making them all more strategic about looking forward and making things better and making things stronger and being able to evolve and improve. And being able to make that switch is pretty huge because I do feel like a lot of the time we always feel in business that we are playing catch up and anything that can help us feel like we are actually leading the charge instead of being the one trying to figure out what is going on and how to fix it before it becomes a problem is an enormous benefit. Oh, I love that. That's huge. Um, so switching gears a little bit, one of my bugbears bug bears for the past decade or more has been terrible IVR systems. You know, <laughs> you call your, your doctor, your your pharmacist, uh, whoever, and you're, you're trapped in a maze of 
you know, six levels of hell. Sorry, that's my word. Um, how can AI revolutionize the kind of user interface, the user customer experience on these telephony-based systems? Almost so much legacy out there. It's almost just a huge mountain of technical debt you need to overcome. Is, is AI going to help us with uh, that reinvention as well? It is. And this is where I think we want to stress the point of AI is only as good as the knowledge it's trained on and the systems mm. it can interface and integrate with. And I think that's one of the core beliefs we have. One of the things that we do very well here is we create a unified platform that can cover everything across the customer journey that impacts both consumers and employees. And so when we talk about really great AI for an automated system or an IVR, we're not just talking about the technology for that one application, that one use case. We're also talking about how it interfaces with the data and the workflows and the processes, the other applications across that tech stack, third-party data, third-party applications. And that core combination is what I think sets some of our solutions apart and far above the competition because it can integrate. And that means that we're not just using conversational and generative AI right now, which helps us have a more human conversation that allows you and I to ask a question in two different ways and the bot be able to understand us, but it can also then take action. So, you know, my husband was struggling with adding a pre-check TSA number to his flight last night and the bot failed him. In a world <laughs> where you have an autopilot like our solution that will be able to integrate into all of the systems, understand who he is, authenticate him, take action. If there is a more complex issue at hand, it will be able to hand him over to a co-pilot equipped agent that won't have to backtrack, that won't have to over-authenticate, that can take it from there. And then could again, seamlessly pass him back to an automated process assistant or another autopilot. And that again, puts the power into the hands of the consumer to get what they need and want whether it is a mission critical, you know, I am flying in six hours, high priority issue, mm. or if it's something more relaxed that you you just want to skip the hassle of having to wait on hold. And I think those are the areas that we're going to see AI really benefit in those scenarios. But I think it's really important to underscore the point that these have to be connected into that full platform and that ecosystem and not continue the siloing. Oh, great point. Uh, we've seen you know, the first generation of chatbots kind of be a dismal failure. Sadly, they're well alive out there still. Um, so do you think this next wave of LLM-based, uh, AI-based chatbots is really going to come, you know, into production this year with, you know, enhanced levels of service and responsiveness and the kind of benefits we've seen in interacting with like a chat GPT? How long do you think it'll take? to deploy um, this technology I, at scale? Yeah, I we already have customers who are mm. implementing and deploying um, these solutions. Uh, so we, we have started to see it in action. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about as well for our customers and prospects for these solutions is we are able to show the scope of what we can do and the impact we can have, even from the demo stage. Um, and that's one of the really cool things that I like to show when I'm training our team or when I'm doing kind of conversations like this is to be able to take data, real data, real knowledge based information articles, consume it, put it into our environment, and then show how at scale it can work in practice 
And I think that is, again, one of those moments that's helping us really have people understand the impact and how this works in practice when it's on the ground, rather than, you know, seeing a flowery presentation and being able to stop there or seeing a demo environment with only faked data, being able Mm. to see how it works exactly for your business really is eye-opening to understand how this is going to differentiate you from other folks. Because yes, these are all the same technologies, but the data, the workflow, the brand guidelines, how any organization wants to show up in the world is going to change how this AI interacts and how it needs to be deployed. And so really being able to show how that works in the real world is a big deal. Yeah, big deal indeed. That's super exciting. And, you know, a lot of businesses are kind of struggling with the strategy around AI adoption, you know, where to start, where to prioritize, how to integrate it into business models. You work very deeply with your clients. Uh, What is a a top-level strategy you've seen work? Yeah, I think one of the luxuries that we have at NICE is that because we have both the breadth and depth of solutions, we can come in and be not just a vendor trying to sell our best new AI product, but trying to find a solution and a path forward that makes the biggest impact on their business right now. So for us, it's really about understanding what pain points and use cases they have, and then being able to verify that and validate if that is going to have the impact based on whatever outcomes and metrics they're interested in. And this is one of the things that I advise folks on when they're trying to cut through all the noise of AI right now is to be really clear on what you want it to do and how after a project deploys, what is the outcome that you want to see? If you deploy a new chatbot, it's not just I've deployed a new chatbot, let's you know roll out the red carpet and celebrate. It's um, higher CSAT, uh, less cognitive load and offloading uh, from chatbot to an agent. Um, so deflection could be one. Whatever those metrics are, you want to make sure that you're able to measure it and you're able to talk to whatever partner you're working with so that you know that that technology is going to match up to that. And I think that's something that we do very well. And even in the world of automation, um, we have something called Enlighten XO, which helps go in and understand where we can make the biggest impact in terms of automating self-service flows and where you might even have gaps right now in your self-service or knowledge and be able to fill it. So even having something like that, which is AI driven, it's part of Enlighten, which is our AI solution, um, is huge because we don't just go in and you know implement our new latest and greatest generative AI powered chatbot. We go in, we find out where we can make the biggest impact, and we make sure that we do that successfully and in a way that we can validate before it even deploys that it's going to hit those outcome metrics that matter to the business. Oh, well said. Uh, so it's a very complex, busy landscape, the world of uh, chatbots and, and uh, CX solutions. And we're not going to dive into the tech today and speeds and feeds and uh, no time for that. But, you know, what what are the core capabilities, features, functionality you think, you know, large enterprise contact center, you know, providers are looking for? I imagine there's going to be a ton of RFIs and RFPs this year. But at a high level, what, what what's the uh, capability set they should consider? That is a very good question. And I feel like we can go broad or really get into the weeds. Mm. You know, I think that you are looking for that in terms of self-service automated assistant that does have a seamless handoff into your other workflows and tools that does understand intent and nuance 
that will be able to feed all of that interaction data and metadata back into your data lake to then inform all of the other use cases of your AI. Um, I think for co-pilots out there, I think we should make sure to broaden your scope to ensure that, again, it's not just uplifting agents. Mm. We're very proud of our co-pilot for supervisors um, solution. And I think that having something that can broadly uplift the entirety of the contact center is important. And again, our Enlightened Actions, our solution for CX leaders, that idea of having a search engine-like conversational interface that can then build customized dashboards and reporting, it all ends up being what I would call a virtuous circle where automation helps agents, helps supervisors, helps leaders, which then can make better automation and again and again and again. And I think in terms of some of the, uh, you know, tailored use cases we're really seeing, we're seeing a lot of folks find much value in um, in auto summarization. And we even mm. have something um, called autopilot knowledge, which is a generative AI focused knowledge bot that doesn't need to take on the full form of what we think of as a chat bot that can actually execute actions for you, but will able to give you that customized, personalized information. We've all gone and searched on a website or within a mobile app to find out how to use something, how to fix something, how to update something, how to, you know, get the latest firmware. And you end up wading through links or long articles that are not necessarily relevant. Having something that now can just deliver you exactly point by point in the way you're asking for it, directions, instructions, just a sip of information for the question or the concern that you have is going to be hugely impactful in terms of not having someone reach out to an agent and also consumers being able to actually get what they want on their phone, on their device, on their computer, the moment they ask. And so those are the ones I see people really gravitating towards, especially in this first quarter. So they can get up and running, they can prove this technology. They can see now that the contact center can actually generate revenue, um, especially with these technologies. And then we're gonna see it accelerate from there. Wow, it's hard to imagine any more acceleration. I feel like I'm on the uh, Concord at the moment. <laughs> but, um, you know, OpenAI really lit a fire under the whole consumer AI world and expectations and delight. Uh, but what's the difference between a chat GPT that consumers are used to interfacing with and sort of consumer solutions and enterprise-grade AI, which has rather different set of requirements uh, in terms of compliance and uh, security and on and on and on. Yeah, that is a really important thing to note. Um, you know, we, we've we've heard the stories from the um, bombastic to the scary around hallucinations um, or inappropriate, you know, mm -hmm. applications and deployments of it. I think that the, the ChatGPT is a very important and useful tool. It can also be a very fun and novel tool. But when we're talking about enterprise, you want it bound to what your organization is thinking about, the knowledge it has, the guidelines it has, the brand constitution it has, and nothing beyond that. Just like right now, I have a whole world of knowledge outside of this work. It is not relevant to this conversation, and it mm. is not needed here. And I really think you need to think of AI in that same way. And so, again, this is where the knowledge and the guidelines, being that brand guardrails is super important. Um, you know, we don't want to be able to use a chatbot to help solve math problems. We want it to just be used 
for whatever the brand has deployed it for. And that will help it being not abused, um, not being used for extraneous activities. And I think that at its core, that integration with knowledge management and data is very important there to clamp that AI, just like we train our best employees. Um, I think the other piece there is to, again, work with a partner and a vendor who understands the requirements of different countries, laws and regulations, different industries, um, different certifications, especially when you're talking about, you know, finance or healthcare, there are a lot of different security and privacy restrictions. And you need to be able to apply those just as we have with other pieces of software and tools to AI applications to ensure that they are taking those into account and ensuring that privacy and security. And again, I think that's one of the benefits that we have here is that we have been doing that for a long time across all of these industries at scale. And so that was something that foundationally we built into our tools, especially since it is integrated into our platform, which already stands up to all of those security and ethical and privacy uh, requirements. Wow, well said. Nice, as they say. Um, so we all seen enterprise projects fail, a shockingly large percentage of, of, of all types of IT projects fail to meet their goals, and that won't be uh, immune in the AI world. Um, so what are some of the significant deployment challenges you're seeing and any guidance on navigating, you know, this new world of AI? Yeah, I think that it is really about trying to embrace how you integrate this technology in a way that cannot further what we call the Frankenstack. Um, and we talk about, we talk about this a lot, the this, this best intentions of every organization. No one I think is immune to it of a multitude of different technologies that have been added over time for different problems, different pain points, different use cases that makes a wide tapestry of workflows and products and technologies um, that end up siloing the business further and making work more complex and difficult. Being able to have to work under all of those requirements kind of can be a hindrance to even new technology. And so I would recommend folks take a step back and think about how they can streamline. In some cases, our solutions end up eliminating other solutions, which makes it, again, a win for the company and a win for the employees because they have fewer tools they need to use to do their job. Um, really thinking about how AI can help streamline that and give you more visibility. Even when we're talking about our knowledge management product, that can be useful in the contact center, but often that resides in a marketing or a web function. And if you can imagine the application of a tool like that, that is used across all of those different departments and across all of those folks in the organization, that again is a huge benefit. And so I think that's really something to think about. Make sure you know why you're deploying it, what outcomes you want to see for the business and what KPIs, and then how it will be integrating into the different teams and technologies in a way that can make it faster, smarter, and more streamlined, not just from the deployment of this new tool, but holistically across your entire CX ecosystem. Well said. Well, uh, really interesting discussion. You guys have been so busy at NICE. I see all kinds of video series and interesting content uh, uh, coming out. That's uh, really worth exploring. What's next? What are you excited about over the next few weeks, months, as we get into 2024? I think that we're going to, I mean, I am excited because we really are focused on building up this practice and helping people understand how these use cases will show up in the real world. So I think that's something to really look forward to and some of the projects I've been working on. 
around education and empowerment of those organizations and buyers who are right now all saying we need AI and we need it in 2024. I want to help answer the the how and the why for them so they feel very confident in making their choices so they can actually see the impact pretty quickly. Well, uh, well said. I learned a lot. Thanks so much for sharing just a brief, you know, overview and insight. Uh, great catching up and uh, look forward to meeting you and the team out there and all the industry events that are unfolding over the next few months. Uh, catch you then. Thanks. So yeah. Much. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.